0: My heart skips skipping the beach and I'm close enough so that space between
1: you and me let's lose it The way you're dancing sway into the music girl that body and how you move it every time you cross my mind girl I lose it Alexa play the country heat
0: playlist Okay I don't think you know what you doing
1: to me you got my- With Amazon Music a voice is all you need Get tens of millions of songs download the Amazon Music app today Welcome to the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast. This is the Arnold Palmer Invitational from Bay Hill, presented by 18 Birdies. Let's get into it. What's up, golf addicts? Thanks for downloading the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast, presented by 18 Birdies. Now listen, if you guys don't have the 18 Birdies app, you need to you can have fun on the course the side games feature is next level you can play a game of wolf or skins or nassau or vegas place your bets And all you got to do is put in your score. And the app figures out the points, the handicap, and all that. It does all the work for you. Download the 18 Birdies app in the App Store. Use promo code TOURJUNKIES for a free one-year subscription to the premium membership. It's great stuff. This podcast, we are going to recap Tiger's near victory at the Valspar. Paul Casey closing one up. And uh, obviously, we're going to talk about our picks for the Arnold Palmer Invitational. We're going to talk about Tiger, Tiger, Tiger and all that is that is going on in the golf world right now. It is a great time to be a golf fan, and uh, it's just it's phenomenal. We're really excited. We hope you guys enjoyed this show. We get into the picks rather quickly here. We have another awesome contest from Fantasy Draft this week that you'll want to pay attention to. It's, it's really nice, and it involves a bunch of people getting free GPP entries if Tiger Woods wins this week for the ninth time. At Bay Hill. So be on the lookout. Thanks again for downloading. May your screens be green. Enjoy the show. What's going on, golf addicts? David Barnetta, the tour junkies. I got Pat Perry with me. We are ready for another week. We've got the Arnold Palmer Invitational. From Bay Hill, another Florida event swing. We just had the most wild and crazy Valspar championship week ever. Tiger Mania is in full effect, Pat. Full Tell effect. Tell me a little bit about the week, man. Let's let's recap the Valspar.
0: Well, you know, I just it's just amazing to me when you look at Sunday, and we saw the ratings come out today, just how ridiculous they were. I mean, Tiger, yeah. I mean... It, to use the term moves a needle just doesn't even seem to be enough for him anymore i mean it's just it's even more than that, but it was it was great now, as far as d f s was concerned, I know you had a great week. My week was terribly disappointing, not because I felt like I had bad lineups because i didn't and as a matter of fact, I had a great fantastic lineup in the uh the twenty max entry three dollar tournament uh that had a chance but then it all came crashing down on Sunday with Brant Snedeker, Brandon Grace, Adam Scott, all of these guys just completely crapping the bed for me, and it didn't turn out all that well. So it could have been a special Sunday, but it was not. I did have Tiger also in that lineup. He was the only player I had under par on Sunday, which is just pretty freaking bad. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it, it was an amazing week. Tiger showed out at the Valspar. The the bomb putt on 17 hmm. to come from within a stroke was pretty amazing. We haven't even mentioned the guy who actually won, which is Paul Casey. Congrats to Paul Casey. The uh, the ball-striking Brit. Gets him a PGA Tour win, and it feels like he, it's well-deserved. You know, Casey's b- been out there for a minute grinding, and just doesn't get the wins like you like it feels like you should. Yeah. Um Casey could make absolutely no putts on Saturday and only had twenty-one putts on Sunday and made everything. So um it's a great example of a ball striker who's just waiting on the putts to drop, and that's what we saw from Saturday to Sunday with Paul Casey. We named Paul Casey, I know we both had a little bit of him. We had four guys in the top ten, eight in the top twenty-five we were the one of the few that named Tiger. So, uh, and I know, I know you had a fair amount of Tiger. You had more of them than I did, but we had a good week with Tiger. There was some carnage. I mean, you know, you had Stenson and mm-hmm. um, and Spieth, and those guys missed the cut. Um, there was definitely some some brutal play from some of the world's better players. But uh, nonetheless, uh, I had some green screens, buddy. Mm-hmm. I had some green screens. I had a, a pretty good week over on the old fantasy draft and. Listen, we gotta talk about the, the game that fantasy draft offers because it's an interesting it's an interesting play, right? Like it's not like FanDuel and DraftKings where you draft six players and you know, I mean, you know that on DraftKings, if you are missing a player, either before the tournament starts or after the cut, if you don't have six of six, you're likely pretty screwed. Yeah. And fantasy draft, you draft seven players and Fantasy Draft drops the lowest point total at the end of the tournament from every lineup. And what you had happen on Thursday was Kevin Nye withdrew, which actually screwed up a couple of lineups. I, I did have some Kevin Nah He withdrew Thursday morning before round one. And, uh, you know, of course, um, Pat, we ran our, 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 our Valspar Championship putter contest with Fantasy Draft. It was a lot of fun. And uh, and we're excited to announce another contest this week that we'll get to in a moment. But we basically had 100. Wasn't there 100 entrants other than us? Is that right? Yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot in there. There was 100 um, of you who entered the tour card, which is the $25 GPP on Fantasy Draft. 100 of you entered that. And if one of you guys uh, beat us, whoever finished the highest... You're going to get a copy, um, you know, the same style putter as whoever wins the Masters coming up here uh, in just a few weeks away. And DB was looking good. I had a good lineup. I had a good lineup a after good day lineup. one, day two, day three. And, and I ended up finishing third in the tour card, which I'll take. I won some money. But the guy who won first, props to him, John, I think was his name, right? John yeah, something? Yeah. John won. With Kevin Na in his lineup, Pat,
0: it's it's just crazy to me.
1: But and I love John Ho, who missed the cut, it's I had I had all seven guys get through the cut. All seven get through the cut. So that means that at the end of Sunday, I got to take the best six players and leave out the one. You know. Which actually ended up working out. Robert Garrigus was the guy who was on the cut line Friday and battled back and just snuck in on the cut line and had a good week, a, a good day to get in. And I'm glad he did because he ended up being one of my higher scorers. Uh, and I think he ended up dropping like Lucas Glover score or something. But I had all seven. This guy had six the whole week or for, for Thursday and Friday and five for Saturday and Sunday and still beat me.
0: That's just incredible. And one of the things that I do love about fantasy draft. I mean, because I think there is something to be said for this format when you get, you know, in DraftKings, you lose a guy like Kevin Na, or if you were stupid. Oh, those
1: lineups were toast. They were done. It before it even started. Or you were stupid like
0: me and played uh, Desham Beau Douche in one of your lineups. He withdrew uh, Thursday evening or Friday morning. You're done. But in this, con- this, you can win a GPP
1: with the guy that
0: withdraws on Thursday.
1: Yeah, it's just nuts. I mean, I guarantee you that didn't happen in, in any contest on DraftKings. No, there's Fair no Duel. way. There's no way. Um, it is a cool part of the format over there on fantasy drafts. So that's why you know we do love the game over there, and we want more of you guys getting involved and playing over there. We think uh, it's a great contest. It offers a lot of good opportunities. So, but it was fun. And uh, and that gentleman, John, he won the. The putter contest. So he's gonna get he's gonna be watching the Masters in a couple weeks and whoever wins, he's gonna get uh he's gonna get a copy, if you will, of the of the winning putter. Congrats pretty to John. About that. You know, we both
0: yeah. you know, outside of your third place finish, I know you wanted to brag about that, but I actually I, I yeah, fared well. I had a good week too. Mm-hmm. I think I finished in the top twenty five maybe or top thirty. So we we we, yeah. were, we both showed out pretty well. But uh, you know what? We weren't number one
1: and Luckily for that listener, he was number one, so he won the yep. butter. Well, and Fancy Draft is coming back with another contest this week. It's, uh, it's another good one. This is called the Tiger Wins promo. Just Tiger Wins promo. If you, if you can guess, Pat, what do you think has to happen for people to, to win? Uh, Tiger Wins? Yes, very good, very good, Did Pat. you name
0: it that, or did, did you just come up with I that? I did not.
1: I did not. That's no.
0: actually what it's called.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. So here's how you enter this We don't have people one.
0: that can come up with a better name.
1: <laughs> Apparently we don't. It's no. just you and I. So it's I a low-budget operation. Yeah. Um, all right, so here's what you got to do for this one. Enter the tour card on Fantasy Draft for the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Okay, so $25 GPP entry. Enter that. If Tiger Woods wins, if he wins the API, then Fantasy Draft will give all of you who enter nine weeks of free entries into the thousand dollar first T gpp that's one free entry for each of tiger's arnold palmer invitational victories that will start at the masters and run all the way through the u.s open so you'll get a free gpp for nine straight weeks it's a dollar entry you'll get one each week free roll into that gpp is pretty sweet you enter the same way that you entered last week's valspar competition we will pin a tweet Uh, on the old Twitter or Flutter if you're old school Pat (laughs) with the contest link and you just need to enter the tour card and then respond with your fantasy draft, handle your username and let us know you're in. If you did this last week, you still have to do it this week. So you have to let us know you're in the contest or you can head over to Roto Grinders and go to the forum. We will have a thread posted there and you can also leave your uh your screen name there, but you have to do that before lineup lock on Thursday. So I'm uh, I'm pretty excited. It's going to be a good another good contest. All of you guys are going to be pulling for Tiger to win, and if you do, then everybody wins. Isn't this great? Like This time, everybody either wins or everybody loses. So we're all in this together. And just think, if Bubba Watson withdraws again for bad
0: allergies, you could still win.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. So, yeah. It's uh, it's good. And don't forget the Road to Augusta contest as well. That is coming up. We're going to be talking more about that. We're going to be drawing a winner for that uh, the week of the Shell Houston Open. So if you have not already, you need to clear your calendar Get your permission slip signed and uh, sign up for a fantasy draft account if you have not already using promo code RG. That's TOURJUNKIESRG. And uh, get some points. Plan some GPPs. Get some points. Get your name in the drawing to win round-trip airfare to Augusta, two-night hotel stay, food and drinks, and walk the Augusta National for round two with myself and Pat Perry. It's going to be a great night. We've got some plans. Masters Week is coming together. We'll talk about that at a later date. But it's come together. I'm pumped. Me too. Can't awesome. I wait. All right. Well, we're gonna get to the course breakdown here. Before we do, we do want to remind everybody to hook up that chalk bomb email last week. Hey, Our chalk bomb. Can I redeem yes. myself on this one? Yes, please do.
0: All right, so last Quickly. week
1: when I talked about
0: this, I said just email us at info at Do not do that. I screwed that one up. <laughs> all right, so here's what you got to do to get the Chalk Bomb. You just need to go into our website, www.tourjunkies.com, go into the Contact Us form, and do it that way. That's how you request it. Okay, so it makes, makes, makes it a lot, life a lot easier for, for my boy DB. And you know I'm all about making your life easy, David. So yes. uh, so that's what you do. And last week, Cooch was the chalk bomb. And this was his worst finish at Copperhead with a T40. He only made 10 birdies and an eagle. And he had 20% ownership. So that, to me, is the definition of a bomb and a chalk bomb. So it was a good week for that one. Opposite Absolutely. of the week before. <laughs> but, yes. By the way, I do know <laughs> yes. what chalk is, people. All right. That's Gator Mike. What I meant, what I meant was by hit or miss was not a chalk a chalk player is hit or miss. It's that the chalk bomb is hit or miss. I just have to say that. I know it's just one guy
1: out there trolling me about it, but in case Gator you, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> of course, it's a gator. Uh, yep. Um, all right, let's get into this, Pat. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Bay Hill, any key stats, strategy, and uh, all that nonsense. And then we'll get into some picks. So yeah,
0: this so this week, this is one of my favorite
1: weeks. I, I hold I, on, hold on. We're we, are, we are thirteen minutes into the fifteen minutes into this and we're getting into picks. I just wanna just wanna note that. Yeah, that's another thing that the, some of our followers should note. But you know what?
0: We change it up every week. Yeah. yeah. So here's the thing. We are at <laughs> Bay Hill Club and Lodge in Orlando, Florida. This is, I, I love this course. I love this week. I think it's it's just, uh, you know, we get a great field. You got uh, just over 7,400 yards of par 72 Bermuda greens. Uh, and they typically play pretty fast. Um, you know, they always get this course in fantastic conditions. You got, uh, you know, the fairways out here aren't, You know, terribly hard to hit, but you will see kind of like last week. You'll see a lot of guys clubbing down uh, Tiger. Uh, So I I think that's something you'll see. But on the par fives, they are all fairly gettable. So I think you you can. You know, you do want to still not just throw out the bombers with the fact that you can you can club down because I, I do think these these par fives are where the scores are going to. Uh, come from and where you're going to see the guys that that perform the best on the par fives are going to be the ones that you know can win and be in contention this week uh you know it's another for me stroke screen gained approach ball strikers it's kind of a second shot course you do have to position it pretty well off the fairways um but you're going to see some mid to long irons especially if these guys are backing off their driver um i mentioned fast greens uh on these this bermuda surface uh you know rough is is fairly long uh you know so that could this course it will play pretty difficult i think a lot of it is because of that rough now the fairways are relatively easy to hit but it's typically one of the top 15 as far as difficult courses on tour especially if the wind is blowing so that will be something that we will look at later in the week um for me as far as stats are concerned I think that strokes gain approach. Again, I mentioned that. Ball striking, par five, birdier, better percentage is huge this week. Also, course history and recent form. Course history in particular, because here's the thing you know, we have a guy like Tiger who's won here eight times. But, you know, outside of that, look at Matt Every in 2014 and 2015. I mean, won it back-to-back. He was in terrible form going into 2015, had, like, the driver yips or something, and then ended up having just a great tournament here. So I think that tells you a lot when it comes to course history. So if you're a course history guy, I think this is your week. Looking at past champs, you had Mark Leishman last year, Jason Day in 2016. I mentioned Matt Every 2015 and 2014. And then right before that, in 2013 and 12, course history, Tiger. Won it back to back years then. So his seventh and eighth, eighth victories here. There you go. That's a quick uh, course breakdown. I know I'm sure I missed some things and you got a few
1: thoughts, but uh, there you go. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you, you got to remember the course was somewhat redesigned in uh, 2015 after a hurricane. Um, this being Tiger's. That didn't affect first, Matt Every. It <laughs> did not affect Matt Every. No, no but this, this is Tiger's first time seeing it newly. Uh, in its newly state, uh, I don't know. It's not. It's not. It wasn't a huge redesign, but it, there was some. There were some things that changed. A lot of trees taken out. Surfaces redone. I do agree with you. This is very much a second shot golf course. A lot of mid to long irons. Very much like last week at Copperhead. Um, I, except, you know, you're right. I, I think it's a little more advantage to the length and to the Bombers here as these par fives are all gettable and a lot of the birdies come from these par fives. Um, so I think that's important. I think th- these greens are just absolutely pure Bermuda green so if you've I, I took that into consideration that's a key stat for me is just strokes gained on Bermuda um, strokes gained approach is obviously a big one um, and and I do like I still like strokes gained around the green just in in scrambling and being able to get up and down um, on a more difficult course hitting from longer distances away I think these greens are maybe a little easier to hit than the ones at Copperhead but um, I still like that stat a little bit and strokes gained off the tee I'm looking at just because it does open it up a little bit more um, in terms of length for the bombers but uh, strokes gained off the tee captures a little bit of the bombers and a little bit of the guys who are just going to pound fairways to death so uh, that's there and, and scoring is important as well um, so yeah I, I think I think that's about it for me obviously ownership's a big factor as well. So, our friends over at fansharesports dot com we need to be checking them. We will be checking them come wednesday and and they play a part in the uh in the chalk bomb email i mean we don't we're not going to write the the chalk bomb email until we've gone to fansharesports dot com and checked out you know who's who's popping and who's uh who's looking like they're gonna be the chalk and actually this month uh fan, or right now fanshare started a referral program so you can refer a friend and then if they sign up you each get a free month pat so you could you could refer a friend of yours buddy do you have any other friends other than me i have a few friends other than you okay yeah, i can, I can okay. invite some folks um kistner probably will not sign up okay so he doesn't count but no, i have i have other people Okay, good. So yeah. you could refer a friend to Fanshare. They sign up. You each get a free month. That's a good deal. But FanshareSports.com is where we're going to be heading for a lot of that ownership discussion. Now, last week was interesting. Tiger was way up there in tags and getting a lot of chatter and then ended up only being like 13% owned. I don't think that is going to be the case this week, Pat, as we go ahead and get I into the top not. tier uh, here at 10K and above. Mr. Mr. Eldrick Taunt at ten thousand, even the fifth highest priced guy on DraftKings. A lot, a lot of uh, arguments going around that he should be a couple spots higher than that. But you've got Tiger, Ricky, Rory, Justin Rose, and your 2016 Arnold Palmer Invitational champion, Jason Day at eleven eight. What, um, what do you think about all Tiger's ownership? He's going to be pretty chalky, you think? Ten thousand even. I think he will be, actually, but
0: and that's not going to make me afraid to play him. I mean, I think you just can't. Here's the thing. You look at it when it comes to stats and popping there. I mean, you know, he's putting great. He's scrambling great. Um, his ball striking is, is, is pretty good. I mean, he's, he's scoring. This is a course that he obviously plays well on. I mean, he's won here freaking eight times. So I don't see how you can avoid him, even if he is a little bit chalky. Um, now he may not be, it may be more of a solid cash play for me this week than a GPP play. Whereas I feel like he's, he's, you know, people are sort of pegging him as a GPP over the last few weeks. Um, but yeah, I won't be avoiding him. Not, not at all. And I, 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 I played him last week and, and it's just, look, here's the thing about Tiger. This is not to me like. You're, there's a lot of talk about do, is Tiger back or do we have the old Tiger or do we have whatever. To me, this it's a whole separate situation. It's a new chapter. This is a new Tiger. This is not. You don't. You can't compare him to whatever it is in the past. Look at just though. If you're looking at recent form and just his last three or four tournaments, it's been fantastic play. Watching him on Saturday and Sunday, the scrambling was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, very, very just good. incredible. His ball striking is good. Yes, I know the driver is still in question, but we have another course this week where he doesn't have to hit the driver on every hole. So, you know, why? I don't see how you can make an argument against playing him. Even, at, even if his price is rising, there's a reason for that. He's playing great. Every single putt, I swear, seemed like it was had a chance to go in except for maybe that putt on 18 yesterday but other than that he was just he was burning the lips on i mean it's just incredible and and I love seeing it but yeah i, I think he will he's definitely in play this week again and i think he certainly could win
1: yeah i mean tiger i'm going to go ahead and do this a little bit out of order so we're going to mix this up a bit but tiger's my one and done this week I'm gonna go ahead and drop that little nugget mm. on you. Mm-hmm. Tiger's my one and done. Although it doesn't matter, I suck at one and done so bad. I had byung Hun on last week, who I thought was just a lock, and he just totally crapped the bed on the back nine on Friday to miss the cut. And I'm thinking, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and take Tiger while the form is hot and he's, you know, he's still wanting to peak going into Augusta mm-hmm. at a course he's familiar with. So I'm gonna go ahead and, and take Tiger this week. I think in terms of this top tier um you could definitely make an argument for him uh, it's i think it's easy to make an argument for him to be priced higher than Rory and Ricky yes um totally given their current form but um but yeah i mean you you can make an argument on him being the favorite to win as vegas has him the favorite to win right now so it's pretty crazy, I did not you know when when we when we did the podcast in the beginning of twenty eighteen and we talked about the outlook for the year, I never thought that that by you know by the second week in march we would we would be looking at a golf tournament where Tiger was the favorite to win, and here we are it's just it's a great it's great for the game as you mentioned the ratings earlier, so good for the game. Uh, it's exciting to watch and, um, I'm looking forward to it. So he's my one and done, but I agree with you. I probably won't have a lot of him in GPPs. Um, in fact, I won't have a lot of this range at all in GPPs. I think this is a great week to go more balanced and fade the top. We have seen that work a number of times this year already and I think this is another week where that can happen um now I think in cash I think you're absolutely right I would start every single cash lineup with Tiger hands down I wouldn't go I wouldn't go above him and I would start every cash lineup with Tiger I think he's a lock there um but in terms of gpp I, I'm just I, I'm not so convinced on any of these guys in the salary. I mean, listen, Rory, Rory is Rory's not right. The the putting is not right. Rory's not right. He to me, he's an easy
0: fade. I there don't is, care. There is nothing about Rory to like right now. If you're looking at his stats, when it comes to you know anything <clears throat> that's that's popping for us, you know, as far as what we're looking at, nothing fits. May, you could
1: maybe make an argument for strokes gained off the tee. But that is about it for Rory. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm a little attracted to Rose, but he's gonna be. I, I think he's gonna be expensive. He was 23% owned last week. Um, but oh, I, he I is expensive. Think, he's at 11.5. I, I meant, I meant like high, like higher owned is what <laughs> yeah. I meant. Uh, it's gonna be popular. I just don't think for the prices on Rose and Day, I'm, I'm willing to pay up when I've got other other plays here in the middle. And I also don't find a ton of value in the 6K. <laughs> this week so to me it's a it's a nine to seven k kind of week in gpps you fade the top and that's your risk and and you plant your flag there um you know the the only thing i could
0: say about rory for a gpp is actually i played him in the in the wgc mexico in some lineups and i did get the ownership leverage i mean i wasn't shocked well yeah But and you'll get that if you play Rory. But I just don't think there's gonna. It's still. I don't think it's gonna play out well for you. I I do think Ricky though is somewhat interesting for GPPs. Um, Yeah. Yeah. If I were gonna go GPP, I think Ricky's the guy. Yeah. Other than that, though, I'm totally with you. Uh, There's just not anybody here. And I think you're right. I think it's just that nine to seven K range. Here's the thing. I, I. when I was looking at the 7K range, I started. I was just seeing all these players, so I had to go count how many players. There are 61 players in the 7K range, <laughs> which is just incredible to me. I mean, that's yeah. There's, I don't. I mean, we can't take all those guys. So it's just, I don't know. I didn't, but and I'm, and I'm totally with you. The 6K range, nothing really pops. So we're kind of going, you know, backwards this week. But I just don't. Like I don't know. Like when we get down to the six K range,
1: I don't know what I got for you, David. I'm just gonna go ahead and admit for it. No, you know, man. I mean, even like Jason Day. I mean, and I know Jason Day's had a great year so far. He is always a risk to withdraw, or mm-hmm. something's going on. Like he's just always at risk for that, and and we haven't seen him in a few weeks. So who knows? Like you just, I, I just feel like you don't know what you're gonna get with Day. I think Rose is an okay pick. You're just going to have a lot of ownership on him. I think Rory's a complete fade. I think Fowler's your best GPP play if you just want to play, you know, if you really want to play somebody up here. He hasn't been in great form lately, but uh, he he checks boxes here. He loves putting on Bermuda. Um, You know, he's gained strokes at at the API. He loves this event. Um, And Tiger, we've already talked about. He's practicing in his office with his... uh Turf that he stole. Right, right, right. <laughs> so uh, there's just not anybody here who you're, like, oozing with confidence except for Tiger, who's going to be super chalky and he's just playing cash. But, all right, I want to talk about Hideki. Mm. So the last time we saw Hideki was the waste management. He withdrew. Uh, I had the controversial tweet heard around the world, the Twitter world there. Um, but he withdrew because of a wrist injury and was slated to come back to the Valspar, ended up taking one more week. And is back now. I'll tell you my stance on Hideki. I don't know. I, I, right now, we record on Monday nights. I'm out on Hideki, but if we see, you know, if, and, you know, he doesn't have social, so we don't really know, but I mean, if like all these video or reports of him being perfectly fine, or he's out playing in the pro am, or he's, beating balls till 6 p.m. every night, waiting for the tournament to start. Like, if I see that, I might feel better. But a wrist injury with golf, I hate. Like, <clears throat> that's way different than a lot of other things it could be, you know. Um, I just don't like the risk associated with Hideki in a wrist injury. So, uh, unless we get some breaking news there with how, how comfortable he feels or how well he's healed, I'm not really prepared to take that risk either. What about you? Yeah, I, I
0: think I'm with you there. Uh, you know, we we do the video for Roto Grinders that comes out every week, and, and I talk about my fate of the week. And I, I sort of debated Hideki as being my fate of the week, um, but I ended up not going with him because I think there's a chance that I could end up having some ownership to you know with him, especially checking fan share later in the week. I do want to hear, like you said, reports on maybe how he might be playing or how he looks out there or if he's kind of wincing with the wrist or whatever it is. Because when you look at it, I mean, as far as stats are concerned, outside of putting, you know, he does check some boxes here. So I think – and he's he's finished here T6 in 2016, so he contended. You know, he hasn't missed a cut here in his last three starts which is 17, 16, and 15, so I think he could be in play, but he's a guy that's a wait-and-see for me. I just okay. don't.
1: who would you rather play,
0: Rory or Hideki? No, oh, Hideki by far. As a matter of fact, when I just said that I was debating on who my fate of the week was going to be, it was between Rory and Hideki, and I
1: ultimately decided I was going to fade Rory. Okay, yeah, I, I think I'm the same way. If I was going to play one, I'd rather play Hideki as well. I mean, you're going to get leverage on him, because I, I think um i do think people you know i I think the injury scares most um so you are going to have leverage on him and of course he does fit the box here i mean a a mid to long uh, to long iron approach game and that's Hideki. um and we all know
0: putting is always the most variable stat out there you could get you can get hot with the putter at any tournament and that's where Hideki always sort of comes into play because he never shows up really that great on the putting stats but you just you just don't know when he's going to hit it and and where it's going to happen because his his approach game is so good so he's if he's hitting it close you know proximity wise and that kind of stuff he's going to be making putts and he's going to be scoring so I think if you're if you're if you want stats to back up playing a guy that's not in the best of forms and and you you know you got to go Hideki over Rory because there's nothing you can go with over with Rory so.
1: Yep, agree. Um, all right, let's continue in the 9K range. The rest of the 9K is a bunch of Euros, and I I like this range right here. This is where mm-hmm. a lot of my lineup construction will will begin. Tommy Fleetwood and Alex Norin sp- uh especially, I'm big fans of both of those guys. Um, both of them just in tremendous form right now. Um, checking boxes both in, uh, in strokes gained off the tee. A tremendous ball strikers, approach game, good win players. In case the wind picks up here, uh, now both I think will be a little chalky. Uh, both were around twenty two percent owned their last time out for the WGC, but I I really like them both. So I'll have I'll have a, a fair amount of both. Now Stinson, I'm a little interested in just because of the leverage and and uh, just what he did to people. The only thing the I think I think by the end of the week, when I go to narrow down my player pool to probably 18 guys, he's not going to make the final cut because he made one birdie in two rounds at Copperhead. And that I Threat don't tree. like. Um, that part I don't like. So... You know, if 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 we're gonna get a message or whatever from from people who are like, man, I, I just feel like Stenson coming off the missed cut. He was seventeen percent owned on average last week. He loves Bay Hill. He checks all the boxes. He's wanting to peak for Augusta. Obviously, you know, are you mad at me if I play him? I'm probably gonna say no. I'm not mad at you if you play him. But he's just. I don't think he's gonna make my final my my final cut because of just. It wasn't just that he missed a cut; it was just it, he wasn't doing anything. <laughs> he was lifeless out there at Copperhead. So, um, th- those are my. But Fleetwood and Norrin, thats me all day. What about you in the nine k? Well, I'm totally with you on both Fleetwood.
0: Noren is my favorite play in this in this range. I think Stitson is certainly. I, I think he's he is worth a play, especially in GPPs. You know, coming off of a, a week where he missed a cut, played terrible. I, I I put a tweet out there I guess on Wednesday or Tuesday or Wednesday because you know t- Tiger was playing with Stenson and, and Speeth, and I said something like no I will not be fading Spieth and Stenson because they're playing with Tiger uh, because that you know that's typically always sort of the narrative is that whoever's playing with Tiger just is a straight fade because of all the commotion well of course Stenson and Spieth are used to all that stuff well then they they didn't make the cut that was a, that was a terrible tweet. But you know what? I'm back on Stinson this week. Look, here's the thing. He's gained 43.5 strokes on the field in the last five years in this tournament. Before missing the cut last year, he had a T3, a second, a T5, and a T8 on this course. I'm not jumping off the, the Stinson bandwagon just yet. I think you're getting him, obviously, a cheaper price this week. I'll be interested to see what Fan Chair says his ownership's going to be looking at, but... I think he will be a guy that I would love to play in a GPP, especially if I'm seeing something around like 10% ownership for him. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay with Stinson and and that's really about it. Um, again, I like Fleetwood too. So,
1: well, why don't you start us off in the 8k range?
0: So the 8k range, this, this is a, you know, again, we're in another kind of smaller range before we get to the ridiculous size of the 7k range. But, I think, you know, if you go all the way down to a guy like, I'm going to shock your world right now. Brant Snedeker at 8,300, even though he pissed me off on Sunday. (laughs) Yeah. You were mad at him Sunday. I love him this week. He's gained 17 strokes on the field in this tournament over the last five years he's got two top 15s he was t28 last year and you know one of the reasons i like him actually this week and this is a case by case basis for me cuz it's not an overall thing like you do you like you like paint the whole picture but for me it for him because I know how much he loves Augusta National and playing oh the my Masters. God, you
1: are not going to tell me that you like him because he's I on the bubble. I do
0: think there. After it,
1: all that last week, you are not about that to tell me you week, like him.
0: It's case by case though. It's not. It's it's because I didn't think about the fact that Sneds does have an extra passion towards the National. We've seen him come up short. In this tournament, who
1: doesn't have an extra passion towards? They all do, yeah.
0: But he's—he is. Listen, he cried like a baby the last time he was in contention and lost. So I think it—I will admit—I'm gonna—I'm gonna gonna backtrack a little bit. I will admit, for Sned's, I do think it is a little bit of a factor for him. So I think that is important to note. Um.
1: Who else speaking of Sneds, I was I was loving Saturday when Sneds is like in the final group or almost in the final group and you're you're te- we're on a group text, me, you and Ben, and you're like, Man, I just can't believe how great Snedeker's playing. I just didn't see that coming or something and I was like and you just opened it up for me and I was like, Oh, maybe it's that extra little bit of motivation and focus he has being on the bubble of the world golf ranking to play in the in the in the Masters for the you know. And, yeah, and but you then just, the, you walked a... right into it, and then he proceeded to absolutely forget how to play golf on Sunday. It yeah. was a it was a really bad Sunday. I'm with you though. While you're on him, I'm, I'm with you. I, I actually have him highlighted. He also is a tremendous Bermuda putter. He checks that that box. Um, really puts well on Bermuda. I think Sunday was just a a really crappy day. Um, but I think I don't think that carries over into uh, you know in, into the API. And so I don't think
0: either him playing with Tiger on Sunday because he played great Saturday with Tiger. <clears throat> he's played with Tiger a lot in his yeah, career. Yeah, he's played. So I think he just. I mean, if you if you watch that entire round, his ball striking just wasn't there. He wasn't good off the tee. There was just a lot of things. It just wasn't his day. It's just all it was. It had nothing to do with playing on Tiger with Tiger. All right, who else you like? Well, I think that Zach Johnson is certainly in play here at 7,700. Wait a minute. We're in AK sorry, range. Sorry. I'm wearing the AK range. Jeez. Sorry. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Louis Oosthuizen, 8,200. I like him as well. I like him. He's he's very intriguing for me leading up to the Masters. So, And I feel like he's, he's a guy, obviously, that plays good on courses <clears throat> like this. Um, he was T28 last year. He had a top 10 finish in 2015. So I do like some Louis Oosthuizen. Uh Who else? Who else in this range? Um, Jason Kokrak, right there at the bottom at 8,000. He has been in fantastic form. He's made his last four straight cuts, including a T8 finish last, uh, last week at the Valspar. Gained 21.5 strokes on the field uh, over his last four starts. And, you know, he's got kind of a, a sneaky... Sneaky good course history here. I know, like the, last year, he finished t fifty six, but before that, he was t twenty in two thousand sixteen, t six in two thousand fifteen, and fourth in two thousand fourteen. So I think Kokorak, You couple that ho- course history with the recent form, that to me is is pretty damn good. And then also, checks a box on par five, birdie or better percentage as well. So there you go. Who you got?
1: Totally agree with Kokrak. He's checking boxes for me as well. Love Jason Kokrak this week. Um, <clears throat> I, I think he, it's hard to ignore the guys right above and below him too. Luke List and Jamie Lovemark. Uh, we'll start with Lovemark at 8K. Checks the box in the last 12 rounds. Top 25 in strokes gained approach as well as strokes gained around the green. Um, f- gained 14 strokes in his last five last five years here at the API. He's also surprisingly putting really well on Bermuda right now in the last 12 weeks he's top 25 in strokes game Bermuda strokes uh, gain Bermuda strokes gain putting on Bermuda there's in a terms strokes Gain Bermuda yeah, stat yeah he's gaining yeah so he's doing that um Luke List is another favorite pick of mine this week he was 14% owned last week we talked him up last week as well his, his ownership crept up a little bit but He is checking every box for me. He's also on the Masters bubble list. I don't believe List has ever played in the Masters, so this would be his first time. He's 69th in the world golf ranking, so he's got he's got to make some some moves here. Um, But he's just playing really really well. He's gained 31 strokes over the last six weeks. I think List is uh, is one of my favorite plays. Uh, As we creep up towards the top of the 8K, though, I like this range a lot. I like Patrick Reed again this week. Patrick gained over two strokes per round approach last week at Copperhead. He his form is back. He's scrambling well again. Um I I think Reed looked ready to go on Sunday. I mean the 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 goofy three-putt on 18 was weird, but <clears throat> Reed Reed was almost in that playoff. And possibly could be could have been our winner very easily. Um so had had he just two-putted, you know? Um I think Reed's in play. And then I like Bubba and Brian Harmon right there at 86 and $8,500. This is my first time getting on Bubba this week or this year. Like I've we've seen the form. He's proven it. I feel like he's back. Um, he's played the API okay over the last few years. He gained strokes off the tee and, and and approach as well. He can take advantage of those par fives. I think Bubba's in play. And then I, I really like Brian Harmon as well. A great Bermuda putter. Um, and I just feel like could be a a nice pivot from your defending champ Mark Leishman and you know, Adam Scott's going to be popular that kind of thing. So I like Harmon as well. We'll see what what FanShare has to say at the end. But I'm a big fan of the 8K range. Obviously, with not playing a lot of 10K guys, you know the nine and eight K is where I'm going to make a lot of a lot of picks. So yeah,
0: I'm with you on Harmon. Bubba kind of concerns me a little bit, but hey, here's the thing. But you know this if if anybody has if you've lived in the South. You know, here's this this year has been, you know, all the pollen has already gone away because we've had a little bit of a warmer winter and everything like that. So maybe he won't withdraw for allergies. Like maybe, maybe that's a <laughs> maybe, big, you know, we'll see.
1: But I'm okay um, with that.
0: I'm not a huge Bubba fan this week, but I, I can see it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like fantastic about it, but. But I'm going to have some exposure. I think he, he will he'll definitely check. he He'll definitely—he can score on these par fives. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. He'll make, I think he's going to make my final player pool, is what I think. Unless, like, he just gets a lot of chatter and whatever. Um, you started to creep down in the 7K range, and you mentioned Zach Johnson. I'm with you. I, I have Zach Johnson circled as well. Plays great here. Uh, he was around 13% owned the last time we saw him. He's going to fly under the radar as he, as he, as he has been lately, but I, I like ZJ. Uh, I like Kiradec at
0: 7,900.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of Kiradec putting well, just bludgeoning some small little Asian tour event last week. <laughs> like just a bunch of no namers. He just signed up and was like, yeah, I'll play. And he beat him by, he beat the, the next guy by six shots. Um, the chain smoke and barn rat I'm a fan of, so uh, I'll have some of him. And I got to tell you, I got to do this before you name him. My absolute favorite play in the seven K range at seventy six hundred dollars is Emiliano Grillo.
0: <laughs> I, I knew you were going to talk love about love
1: Grillo. Now Grillo, you he's
0: traveling overseas from. He's DMA. traveling
1: overseas. He he played uh, he played the Swanee Open or whatever. No, no, the Indi- Hero Indian Open, um, the Golden Tea Championships, the Golden tea Championship. He almost he could have won that event. He was in contention, but played really well over there. He did travel but i don't care i i think it's fantastic you can argue he's on the masters bubble he's currently ranked 76th in the world golf ranking so he can make it um but he needs to have some really solid tournaments here uh, in the yeah. next couple weeks a win would do a lot for him but checks the box in the last 12 weeks and strokes gained approach uh, as well as strokes gained off the tee. He's gained 16 strokes here at bay hill in his five attempts in the last five years um also Top twenty-five in this field in strokes game, putting on Bermuda in the last twelve weeks. So he always puts well on Bermuda. Always so. put. Grillo is one of my favorites this week. I think I, I think you can get him at like eight percent, sub eight percent ownership, um, unless we really elevate his his ownership for whatever reason. But I I, I really like him a lot. Um, him and Zach Johnson, I like a lot in the seventy-five and above range. So. All right, tell me who else you got. I started it off. Seven K is a big range, as you mentioned, sixty-one guys yeah I mean, there's so many guys here. I'm not going to really break it up into you know low sevens versus
0: high sevens I mean like okay. you mentioned I, I do love Zach Johnson. There's just so many guys I can't really I, I just don't like doing that. I think Kevin chapel is is love certainly Chappell. a great play at seventy three hundred checks a box on ball striking. <laughs> Stroke's gained approach. He's been putting well. He's got great course history here. That price is just so. I just I don't get that. But there's it's so saturated here in the seven K range that I still think you almost get almost anybody in here at, at with decent leverage on the field as far as ownerships concerned because there's so many guys that you can choose here. So I think that that Chapel is a great play. Also Molinari at seventy three hundred. He is he, he's a guy that has has played here and has been you know pretty freaking good. If you look at the last 5 years, he has not missed a cut. He's got four top 20 finishes including three top 10 finishes and he's gained 37 strokes on the field. You're going to get him at 7300, a guy that's accurate off the tee. That you know positions the ball well. We talked about that earlier on, as far as when we were talking about the course overview. So I think Molinari. I mean, to me, that could be a lock at seventy three hundred, as far as a, a GPP or a cash play.
1: Also, I don't we don't, think he's a lock given his recent form. Well, that's a, that's a purely team course history play.
0: But that's fine. For I'm me. fine with the course history play with this week. I think there's there's that's certainly something you can do. I mean, let are Let's go back to Matt Everett. So so you're going to have a lot of Keegan Bradley? I might have. I actually do like Keegan Bradley, too. Hasn't missed a cut here. Another guy that's had several top ten finishes here, gained 31 and a half strokes on the field.
1: Uh, I'm okay with Keegan Bradley. Also a Masters bubble, boys. Currently ranked 68th in the world is Keegan. Now, if you want a guy,
0: though, that's, you know, just, if you want the recent form, if you want to talk about that, then let's go Sam Burns at 7,200.
1: Love Sam Burns. Has been
0: playing. That kid. He's, I, he's <sighs> impressive
1: to me. He's really impressive. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah.
0: I, you know, we, got, we got him in the top 15 last week at T12. Could have
1: easily been better had a few things happened later on in the day. He almost season. earned his tour card. He, was, he, he yeah. could have earned a special exemption, but the snake pit got him. I mean, but I know, the kid it is did. clearly motivated. And, and, I mean, you got to figure, even for a young kid like that, having been in the last few groups of a couple of PJ Tour events here in the last month. Like, he's, the confidence is there, and that's the thing with a lot of these kids, man, and these young guys is, yeah, can I, can I compete out here? And there is no doubt Sam Burns can compete. He certainly passes the eye test. If you're looking yeah. at his play and what he can do, I,
0: I think there's no doubt that that guy is going to be in contention and, and playing well. Um, here's a guy I'm interested in your thoughts, though. Kevin Kisner we're seeing at 7,100 which is very low for him. What are you doing with him? And, and I have my opinions on, on kids, but what are you, what are you doing with him? Because I think a lot of people might gravitate towards him when they see him. at such a cheap price in a tournament where he finished. What second last year. So what are you, what are you thinking about old kids this week?
1: Yeah, I had him highlighted just to, to, to keep looking at, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, You and I have done a good job of avoiding him this year when he's sucked, which normally we don't do a good job of that. Um, He is not in good form whatsoever. He does come to a place he's comfortable. He does love these greens. He loves these pure Bermuda greens, not this overseed mess, not all this other POA slash, you know, he loves these greens. Um, But the form is just not there. I mean, you're right that the price is tremendous. So it's gonna be tough to to avoid. I mean, to to avoid that price. And but there's a lot of guys in that range that I think are gonna eat up some ownership. Um I think Stanley and even Kevin Na and Strillman and Cook and Hadley, all some guys who have uh, you know, check boxes and are in arguably better form than Kiss. So um there's potential there that he's not that high owned. And if he's not, you know, the upside is a win. You know, I mean, the upside is Kiz just turns it on and pops all of a sudden. Well, so, we all,
0: and we all know too. I mean, Kiz, here's the thing with him. I mean, he's he's a streaky type guy. So you never know when that streak's going to start. It tends to, from what I've seen over the last couple of years, it's kind of started when, it, when you get towards spring, get towards Hilton Head, and then, and, you know, he hasn't played great at the Masters, but. That's sort of his prime time. He's never been like a great fall swing type guy. So, I mean, you could see him pop this week, but I don't know if I have a lot of ownership to him, but that price is certainly, uh, it's interesting for sure.
1: Now, there's some guys in this range. Okay, I I want to just say this. There's some guys in here that I like that I'm not going to name because there's so many of them. Um, So I'm just going to name the guys that I like the most at the moment. but um hopping back up a little bit Ollie Schneiderjans at 7400 I'm a fan of Ollie uh gained some strokes scrambling this past week um he's in decent form he played here last year finished tied for 34th checks the box in the last 12 rounds uh in strokes gained approach as well as scrambling and strokes gained around the green so I kind of like Ollie now that the price has dropped a little bit um and then there's a couple of GPP plays that I think not many people are going to be talking about. I love the Sam Burns play that you mentioned. Um, I love the Kevin Chappell play that you mentioned. But also in there at 7,300, I think Patton Kazire, and for the first time possibly ever, I'm going to say Patrick Rogers. Oh. I'm usually oh never God. on Patrick Rogers.
0: Oh, uh, this is a crazy. Uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> I feel um, like. I don't know. I need to shower.
1: Now, <laughs> now, here's the thing. Patton is a tremendous Bermuda uh, putter, so he's going to be comfortable on these greens. Uh, form has dropped off a little bit since his tear in the beginning of the year, but I, I think this is an interesting spot for him at 7,300. Um, now, Rogers is in pretty sneaky good form. He's gained 13 strokes in the last six weeks and is checking the box in strokes gained around the green, which I saw – uh, I think it was Josh Culp or somebody tweeted out that in the beginning of the year, Rogers made public that one of his goals was to get better, uh, become a better wedge player. And um, he was like horrible at that last year. And currently, in, in terms of scrambling, strokes getting around the green, he's like top 10 on the PGA Tour. He's really made a, an effort to change that. And I think it, it helps him avoid big numbers and, and avoid missing cuts, which is normally what he does he's a bomber he's definitely a bomber he's got a ton of distance um so eating up these par 5s will be no problem for him um you know he, he he has the distance to you know he can handle the mid iron and long iron approach game so i i think he's just an interesting i think he's interesting and for the first time i'm going to i'm going to say i like patrick rogers which
0: yeah i mean i can see that i mean I will say on Patton Kazire, the guy. I mean, ever since he came off the out of the Web.com tour, he's always been a scorer. He is, you know, if you look at par five birdie or better percentage, he certainly checks a the box there. So that's that's to me where where you're going to get you know some value out of him at 7,300 is a guy can score, and we may see some eagles on these par fives this week from him. So I, I'm with you there.
1: Now, another guy, pivot off of Sam Burns that I like at 7,200 is Ben Martin. Ben Martin played well here. He's gained 18 strokes oh, in the, in my the last God. five years. I cannot,
0: I don't think I've ever, you know, you just shocked me. You said Patrick Rogers, and that shocked me and then you won up that with some freaking no, I, Ben I've Martin. No, I've played Ben
1: Martin before. No, I like Ben Martin.
0: And I thought you've always sort of given me a little bit of crap about no. playing Ben
1: Martin. No, I like Ben Martin. I have given you crap on some players, but I, I no, I've, I usually gravitate to Ben Martin. If I can find a reason to play Ben Martin, <laughs> I will find a reason to play Ben Martin. Um, he, but he's in decent form. He's played, he's played uh, Bay Hill pretty well. He's gaining strokes uh, approach last week at Valspar. That was one of, the, one of the key stats that he really did well at. So I like it. Now, now are you going to play Matt Every at $7,200? No. I'm
0: not.
1: <laughs> Dude, if I I'm never... going to get
0: burned by Matt Every every single year,
1: yeah, i he fine plays with that. this
0: tournament I will get burned by him. I, don't
1: uh, care. I I remember so we started playing DraftKings in 2015 when well PGA DraftKings started in around 2015. Um and, and I remember this week comes around and everybody's like and I say everybody at the time there was like two DFS podcasts, golf podcasts. Now there's like 40. But at the time everybody was like there's no way Matt Avery's gonna repeat. He's an he's a he's horrible, you know, there's just absolutely no chance this happens. Like, what are the odds that would happen? Nobody's playing him, and then he goes out and wins again. It's, and everyone's like, Are everybody. you freaking kidding me? Yeah. The
0: whole <laughs> um, the whole DFS podcast
1: golf industry was turned on its head. They had no idea what they could do. But that. again, we say that like it, at that time, you could fit the whole DFS golf podcast industry in a phone booth, like an old-school phone booth. So It <laughs> wasn't that big of an industry. But, yeah, we, the, all three of us were like, what in the actual hell did just happen? Um, now, side note, we have heard from a number of people that one of the funniest guys on the PGA Tour and a guy we must have on our podcast is Matt Every. So we're going to get him on. Be on the lookout. One of these days when you like, see it pop up on your feed and you're like, how— Low do the tour junkies have to get to interview Matt Every. And you think about that, just realize that we've been told he is a very funny guy. And it's guy. probably going to be one of our best shows Yeah, ever. it's probably one of our best ones ever. Um, <clears throat> all right, so we talked about Kisner. <sighs> um, Hadley has just been a freaking pain in everybody's neck um von taylor's checking boxes for me of course but i don't know why in the world he he withdrew last week was some sort of injury or just not feeling great tummy ache or something um i like charlie hoffman at 7100 bucks i think he's kind of like kisner i mean it's just the name down there that you're like wow really 7100 i'll take i'll take a little charlie hoffman he's gained 12 strokes in the last five years of the api gained six in the last six weeks You know, I I think Hoffman's in play. Um, Anybody else for you that, like, really stands out? I'm not going down any more rabbit holes in the 7K range. Is there anybody in the 6K range? I have one guy that I want to talk about, and now he's He's not
0: in great recent form um, because he missed the cut last week at the Valspar, and then before that he was a T64 at Honda. But I do think if, you, if you're if you a big course history guy this week, which I am, I think Hudson Swafford is in play at 6,900 on DraftKings. Um, he checks the box on course history. He's gained 10. And that's just, about it. That's about it, yeah. Gained over <laughs> 10 strokes on the field. He's got two top 15s in the last five years here. Uh, he was uh, T10 last year. But I will say this, if you you look at boxes being checked, now, not like the most recent three or four rounds, but if you kind of go over his career, he does check the box in ball striking and strokes gained approach. So that is reason enough to maybe take a flyer play on him, and that is why he is kind of a – he's a flyer player of the week for me, actually. So I think Hudson Swafford is uh, in play. But other than that – This range leaves a
1: lot to be desired. I do not like any of it. I just don't. I I really tried to dig deep into this range this afternoon and doing some research. And I I went down some rabbit holes on some individual players looking for one person to really stand out. And I just have I have a handful of players in here that I'm kind of like, yeah, okay, I like this, but I'm just not sure about this. Aaron Wise, so, maybe does he kind of pop a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I mean, he he kind of fits that that bill. Uh, but see, he, he's been so popular, like I don't, I don't, I just don't know if I want to take a risk on a six K guy who's going to be popular. I'd rather, if I'm going to do it, I'd rather just get some leverage with it. Um, I, I just, what do you think about Sam Saunders? His granddad's, you know, his granddad's golf course. Grew up playing this golf course. We've seen him have good form this year, but lately he's kind of sucked like do you think this is kind of a spot where he he finds it again a little bit um For the problem with him is that he's he's always he's got a lot of media obligations
0: this week I saw as a matter of fact I was watching Golf Channel before the show and he was on you know Golf Channel Live or whatever it is and he he doesn't have you know the greatest <clears throat> you know course history here because he's missed a cut the last few years um I think there's a lot of pressure on him. This week, but if you look at it, he has been playing really well. I mean, yes, he did miss the last, you know, two years straight as far as his cuts, but before that, he did have a top thirty in two thousand fifteen, uh, made the cut in two thousand um sorry, yeah, two thousand fourteen. So I, I don't know. I mean and you know, he's been one of those guys that we've liked on that first round leader bit. I just worry about all the stuff that he's getting involved in this week. But you
1: know, by the way, well, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. I feel like there's going to be some guys down here that play okay and, and and can can get you some leverage in GPPs. If I'm just going to have to make a couple picks, I'll go to 6,800 and look at a guy like Siwoo Kim, who's won you know in Florida on Bermuda and the Players Championship and in a tremendous field. Um, he is as volatile as they come, but he can also run red hot. So for 6,800 bucks, that's kind of what you're looking for. That's kind of what you're and getting. And had some good rounds
0: last week too.
1: Yeah. Um, and then right below him, John Huh, who missed the cut last week. Mm-hmm. But John, uh, John, yeah, John's been playing pretty well here lately. Um. Actually checks the box in strokes gained approach over the last 12 rounds. He's top 25 in this field. He's gained 10 strokes in his last six, uh, six weeks. So I think if I'm going to be made to pick, a couple of guys, that's where I'm going, but I just don't see myself getting into this range. Now, I will say this. At 6,900, a guy who checks the box in the last 12 rounds, top 25 in strokes gained off the tee and strokes gained around the green, he's gained 16 strokes in his last six weeks on the tour. Bryson DeChambeau, who just withdrew from oh the Valspar. God. Back injury, man. Why to you me. Go- yeah, but no, no. It was a back injury. But remember, he all he said was he slept on it. Funny that that that's why I'm saying like that's a little interesting to me. He just said he slept on it. funny. He even played. I mean, he he played through it. He tried to play through it. He didn't play that great, and he and he withdrew. I'm, okay. I'm not saying. All right. I'm not saying I'd have a lot of him, but from a, from you know, I don't know. I just feel like at 6,900, that's a, it's interesting. It's an interesting play because he just said he slept on it wrong. You know, like, well, maybe he worked the kink out. He went and got stretched and did his scientific biometric stuff, and now he's good. You know, like, I, I just think there's potential there. That's that's it, though. I'm not going to be in this range a lot. I will say, I think Tiger's my pick to win. He is my one and done. I think it's going to happen. Um, okay. I, I, think he's a, I think he's where you start your cash lineups. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on a second. Hey, go to bed. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> uh,
0: nice. Don't don't open the. Just go go to bed. I'll be down there in just a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. Sorry. What now? You know I'm at mm. home alone. My my wife's in Philadelphia, and so the kids are coming up here. Right. Asking for stuff.
1: So. I'm sorry. You can probably edit that out if you need to. No, not at all. I'm going to leave it. Um, all right. So my one and done is Tiger. What about what about you? Uh, my one and done this week is going to be... Hmm. I think I'm going to go... I think I'm going to go Snitz. Okay. Yep, I'm gonna go Sneds. Okay, I like him this week. I will say, in terms of cash games, if I were playing cash games, here's how I would start. Here's here's how I would start my cash lineups because we get questions about cash games from time to time. Tiger, then I go Alex Noren, then I go my favorite Emiliano Grillo, and then I go Kevin Chapel. Kevin <laughs> Chapel's my che- the cheapest guy. I can't argue with any of those. Yep, like and then you're, and then you're gonna have two spots left. With an average remaining salary of seventy nine fifty. That gives you plenty of room to work with. And some a lot very of nice guys in there. You can put some yes. Zach
0: Johnson in there. You can yep. put whatever. So yeah, I'm with you
1: there. Yep. Um Okay. It's good stuff, Pat. Don't forget the uh the the contest, the Tiger Wins contest for fantasy draft. That's gonna be awesome. So um go ahead and sign up for that. Chalk Bomb, go to info. Uh, your go, go to tourjunkies.com, fill out the Contact Us form if you want to get in on that. That'll be exciting. And what else, Pat? Anything else, buddy? I think that's all I got. I, we need to end this quickly because my kids are uh, apparently killing each other right now. Oh, sure. outstanding. Outstanding. The little Perry boys. All yeah. right, man, we're one show closer to Masters. I'm excited. May your screens be green this week for the Arnold Palmer Invitational. RIP the King. RIP, the king. Much love, Arnie. Love you, buddy.
0: See ya! Find out. out the colors in you. I see them too, and boy, I like them. I like them. I like them. We wait to fly to partake in all this hate. We are here
1: vibing. We vibing. We vibing. Alexa, play Ariana Grande. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get
0: tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.